Forty chess. Yeah. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Let's get it. Forty chess. This a trade show, Patreon where the trades go Tapping and watch, that's what you came for Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro What's good, man? We got McNutted in H.E.M. Always start off the show with a trade from them You should always make sure that your trade is in Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them Tap in and say what you gonna say with them Stop home and can fill up a stadium Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend We about to kick off, let the day begin Go follow the socials, 40 chess FF is posted If your trade is an F, you get roasted Go like and subscribe for the crew Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube You know Cooper got the wall too Let us give you a walkthrough 40 chess This is 40 chess What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you could do us a favor, if you're listening to this on podcast forum, leave us a rating, leave us a review, let us know how you like it. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe. Check out all the content South Harmon's got going on. It is a daily adventure over here, and the shorts game is now becoming very popular. So if you like those one-minute clips, go check those out. But first and foremost, there's no Adam this week. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this does not look anything like Adam <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. It's Seth Wilcock from In Between Media. It's so kind to join and sit in for Adam, uh, taking his place. And uh, maybe we'll make this permanent. I don't know. Every now and then it's good to get away from Adam. It's kind of like my wife. You know, I love her to death, but, you know, sometimes we just, uh, honey, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> How you doing, Seth? Hey, I'm doing good, Mike. Uh, good to be here today and good to talk some Dynasty, man. Like, this is really the time of year where we kind of know who is fucking here to play, who is ready to go home and uh, start rebuilding for next year. So I, I think it's a really interesting time to talk Dynasty and no one better to do it than my, my, my friends over here at the Shitheads. I love it. Well, we're going to do a little Dynasty roundabout, cover a couple various topics, get Seth's thoughts and opinion on them. And then first and foremost, we gotta we gotta figure out how Seth likes to play his dynasty leagues, right? Are you uh are you one of those draft pick guys? Or are you the I'm trying to win every single year kind of person? <laughs> I, I think I'm very league specific. You know, I, I have ones where I am going, but I, I, I really do hold on to my picks, man. And when I don't have the squad, I don't have the squad, and I, I think I realize that early and I spend pretty much the entire year trying to trade off pieces to acquire them. So very league specific and uh Hopefully that that plays my favor here down the stretch in 2023. I like it. How, how are your teams doing so far this year? Like they doing okay? Like you're going to have a couple uh, championship runs here, you think? Yeah, the redrafts are doing pretty well overall. As far as Dynasty is concerned, I'm about split. I have four Dynasty leagues. Two of them are ready to go. Two of them, I'm, I'm already hitting the tank button. I'm rebuilding. But I, love um, I think those leagues are actually a little bit more fun. You know, when you can kind of just mess around with your roster for the entire year and say, fuck what's happening every week and it doesn't bother you people people don't we did a podcast actually i think it was like uh something it was titled like dynasties contract uh or uh, contenders contract uh rebuilders relax right like it's yeah. almost yeah. it's almost therapeutic just to like this team sucks man it's like, <laughs> a button anything that's not tied down get the hell out yes sir <laughs> we'll, we'll play for next year so it is kind of weird how dynasty leagues if you if you have any portfolio even if it's like three 
three dynasty teams, mm-hmm. you always kind of find yourself in this weird split where you got one that you're hopeful for, one that's looking real good, and one you're going, this is a turd nugget. <laughs> Let's flush this. <laughs> flush it down the drain. So even my 40-some leagues, I think if you were to look at it, it's probably 33, 33, and 33% split amongst oh, wow. those. You know? Okay. Just okay. how it naturally happens. I I don't intend for it, but it just does. It just does. Yeah. Like, okay, well, this one sucked. All right, you go into the 33% shit bucket. Just get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and I think the worst place to be is, too, is, like, right in the middle. It's the Cause, worst. Because, you know, you're never going to get those top draft picks, and, and you don't know what to do, and you're kind of just in limbo. And I feel like that those are the teams I hate the most when I have no clear direction. Right. Like, I'm just barely holding on trying to get into the playoffs, so my t- yeah. draft pick that I probably leveraged to somebody else isn't going <laughs> to yeah. be really good. <laughs> like, please, please just make it, boys. Seth, let me ask you, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of news kind of going around, and the big one today that I, you know, I'm trying not to lose my shit on uh, X about is uh, the Jalen Warren thing, right? The, the story came out, and the way it was uh, written was Jalen Warren was announced the starter over... Najee right, Harris yeah, yeah. before the Week 10 game, which is uh, factually incorrect, first and foremost. But Jalen Warren, the announcement, did that change anything this past week? Did it change anything on your outlook for Jalen Warren for redraft for Dynasty? Listen, I've been rosy on Jalen Warren really since the beginning of the year. This is a guy who is is really up there with the top of the top and as far as receiving backs in the NFL right now this season. is getting targeted at a pretty crazy pace. It's come down a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But this did not change my outlook at all. One, it what like even you said, I, I think people were making too big of a deal of it uh, when it was he was announced over George Pickens, not Najee Harris. Um, I think he just wanted to give he being Mike Tomlin wanted to give him a little bit of a you know spark in his step, and we saw it, man. Nineteen fantasy points here in Week Nine. I like Jalen Warren. I, I think low key he's like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 rest of season, but no one wants to admit it right now. Like, no one wants to admit it, and I think all the managers who have him, myself included, are looking at anything that we can grab and say, hey, here's something to run on. Go take it. Let me get out of this Matt Canada offense and, and move on to something else here in my leagues. And so I think that's what everyone's clamoring for and and, and why, you know, you're feeling that way, Mike. It's just the, the for me, like Jalen Warren has some appeal, and I kind of got into him late. Um, There's a lot of people who were on him last year, mm-hmm. and they were clamoring for it, and Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren, and the Najee hate has been prevalent for a while, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't let this think that I'm like some sort of Najee truther, but the, the Najee thing, like I'm never really too interested in Jalen Warren um, for the strict fact that he still has to physically like unseat Najee Harris from that, from that lead dog role, which hasn't ever really been the case right at best we're looking at a 50 50 snap share i mean they've done it multiple times already this year i don't think this really changed anything for me it was good to see Jalen warren actually score some legit fantasy mm-hmm. points which has kind of been a bugaboo for a while but Najee harris then just goes out and you know gets 80 yards in a touchdown and a handful of catches this week too and you go hey he was actually decent for both of them the worst part is they cap each other's value as long as they both still have this yep. prominent role. Yep. And that's kind of the shitty thing. You're talking about Jalen Warren as a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. Najee Harris is basically the same thing, right? He's a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. I think the only place you run into trouble, and, and again, this is not me, but there are some people who value Najee Harris still a little bit higher. And like mm-hmm. the drumbeat, like, hey, he's a borderline RB1. No. <laughs> no nothing you're going to look at is going to tell you that, right, Seth? Like... Points aren't going to tell you that. Efficiency sure as hell doesn't tell you yeah. that. 
We look at our warp tool, like Jalen Warren is just above Najee Harris in warp, so both of these guys are capping each other. I just, uh, for me, like I saw people taking victory laps and like, it's finally happening, Jalen Warren's the guy, and I'm going, listen, all right, just calm down here, yeah. <laughs> calm down here. Najee Harris still out-touched him, <laughs> right? He wasn't announced the starter over Najee Harris, as the uh, some of these tweets said. It was just the simple fact that they were sending a message to old George Pickens. So that leads me to my next question for you, Seth. George Pickens, where are you at with this guy, right? He he climbed to uh, pretty big heights. He was producing earlier in the season, right? And I kind of always gave the knock to him because he never really looked like he could separate at the mm -hmm. NFL level. Mm -hmm. uh, everything was like a contested catch or spectacular sports center top 10 play. But the fantasy points were actually there earlier in the season, and then uh, Deontay Johnson came back, and all of a sudden it was not good for George Pickens. The advanced analytics on him have kind of looked bad all season. What's this really mean for George Pickens going forward for you? Like, where are you at with this guy now? Man, George Pickens, he's actually going to be a, a topic of discussion tonight on our podcast over at IBT Media. And he's one of those players right now. It's so frustrating because we saw the route tree. We saw the maturity in his development earlier this season with no, no Deontay Johnson. He was running slants. He's running ins. Now it's back to now it's back to goes and stacks is what we're seeing more than anything with him. And until we see something different, it's hard to want to start him in your lineup. It's hard to have a rosy outlook uh, for the long term as well. I don't know what happens here with George Pickens because I think he is a talented player, but he's not a route. He, he's not a route separator. He's not a, a, a technician off the line. That's Deontay Johnson in this offense. That will always be Deontay Johnson. George Pickens is kind of like a Christian Watson. A big play machine, but he's going to have some frustrating weeks out there. And I think long term, that's kind of the outlook for him here too, Mike. And until something changes, it, until Matt Canada is out of there, I think it's hard to value him anything more than like a high 2024 second round pick, maybe low first round pick. I think that's probably the market for him right now. Um, would you give up one of those picks for him? I think I think I probably would. It's league dependent, right? Like there's yeah. such a big tier of wide receivers, which are all kind of the same if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. And Adam and I and uh, Eric and I last week on America's Game went through some wide receiver ranks. Once I get down like past eight, seven, eight, kind of in that territory, like the next 20, I go, I could make a case for any of these guys. I really could. Like they've all had some moments. They've all had some uh, some crust on them. Uh, some of them are just kind of propped up in dynasty terms by, by youth. And maybe they've had yeah. like a few highlight games and we go, Oh, that's going to be the guy. And then, you know, they go stretches where they don't do anything. I think for, uh, for George Pickens, for me, Seth, one of the, the corollaries I like to make with him is, uh, he kind of feels like Court and Sutton at times, doesn't he? Ooh. Like we, we like yeah. the size, we like the athletic traits. He's made some highlight splash plays. Remember early in Cortland Sutton's days with Drew Locke. Because uh, Drew Locke couldn't hit the broadside of a bar sometimes. Cortland Sutton's got to make some highlight, just spectacular catches. And it just never really clicked for him. And here we are multiple multiple years later of people always kind of being a fanboy for him. And now he's actually finally doing something from a fantasy production standpoint that's that's reasonable. But there's no way like Cortland Sutton's worth a first to anybody anymore. It's it's like I'll give a second and something maybe at best. Maybe maybe I I've I've rode that Cortland Sutton train in Dynasty this season and I shipped him off for a high third man. I I I just I was completely rebuilding and I couldn't get a second for him. So like realistically, you're kind of strapped with him and 
George Pickens, like for his career, you're probably right. Like this is a guy, maybe he'll break a thousand yards receiving this season. He's on pace for it right now, but barely. Um, but you're kind of looking at a guy who that's kind of a ceiling. He's not ever going to be anything more than a 60, 70 catch guy. He's never getting it above that. So it's, you know, high end wide receiver two is his ceiling. And I think we know that for sure. And I think the hype and the fanboys um, is kind of subsiding at this point. I think if we just kind of pencil him into he's a wide receiver too and we just leave him there where it you know if I can get a good deal on George Pickens yeah I'm gonna be interested but if it's Mm -hmm. you know people are like I need a first for him well good luck to you I'll go see what the price is on all the other potential first wide receivers around because there's tons of them Cortland Sutton uh I don't know for whatever reason it just fits if you remember his rookie year was 704 yards and he went over a thousand in a second year which George Pickens is is on pace for but it was only about 14 fantasy points per game so nothing like super spectacular and then it's just been a roller coaster ever since. It just feels right, right? They almost kind of look similar. They kind of yeah. play similar. It's it's nuts. So, uh, Cortland Sutton, man, that's going to be my comp. And if uh, it turns out in a few years, Seth, we get you back on, we'll remember this. We'll clip this one forever. <laughs> Let's go. Toe drag swag, baby. Speaking of other dynasty assets out there, I said we're going to do a roundabout here. Josh Dobbs. What are we doing with Josh Dobbs? Super flex leagues. Uh, Josh Dobbs has actually been a pleasant surprise in points per game and warp fantasy production. Great feel good story too. Just uh, a guy who's bounced around all over the place, but you know, comes in uh, to Minnesota five days and just goes out and gets a W. And then we had a little bit of a Lamar Jackson light uh, version of Josh Dobbs last week. Good for fantasy. Good for fantasy. What do you think about Josh Dobbs' long-term outlook in Superflex leagues? Like, are you in or are you kind of going, it's still Josh Dobbs? <laughs> you know, I, I think everyone got excited a year ago for Geno Smith. And I, I think with these guys who they take a while to pop, regression's always going to come back for him at some point. I mean, if he can be the Vikings' long-term starter, I think that's a different story when he has Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and KOZ calling the plays there. I don't know if that's what comes to fruition here. I've seen that thrown out this week as some hypothesis. Um, But look, dude, he's 28 years old, and we have a slew of really good quarterbacks coming in this 2024 class. That's a thing. Could he be uh, a a mediocre starter next year, kind of in that Taylor Heineke role, Um, uh, Desmond Ritter for one of the bottom feeders at quarterback? Sure. I think he's one of the 32 best. I think he's proved that so far right now. Um, but I still think there's a ceiling for him. So I like him to go win me a chip right now. And if I'm, if I'm competitive, I am buying him, but if I'm, if I'm tanking at all, or if I'm in the gutter or in the middle, even, I think you got to sell off Josh Dobbs, whatever you can get. Great story. I love the past or not, but, uh, I, I think there is some ceiling here. I almost forgot about that nickname. We I uh, saw that on the uh, the broadcast on Sunday. That's just so great. The pastor not. I think he's a great uh, feel good story. I would say for this year, me specifically, if I need a little bit of quarterback help, you know how much my affinity is for best ball. Like, give me all these uh, all these quarterbacks, right? Anybody who could potentially make my lineup is going to be beneficial to me. Um, depending on Josh Dobbs price, don't get don't get carried away. All right, I'm not giving you multiple seconds, but maybe a second maybe a couple thirds, whatever, I'll get some Josh Dobbs. As far as long-term outlook, I think there's a little bit of hope uh, for maybe 24, kind of like you were talking about with mm-hmm. Gino. Uh, I just, again, with Gino, I was probably the biggest one who was cautioning uh, Gino because you also saw the regression late last year in the yeah. season. It yep. was vastly different yep. in the splits from the first half to the back half. 
and then we saw this year it really hasn't been that rosy and you you're talking about it Seth the the quarterback class is deep and I know they gave Geno a contract in the offseason but this is a guy they could easily move on from you know as soon as the season's finished and go in a different direction because it gives them a better chance to win or however they feel so cautionary tale for Josh Dobbs don't get too over your skis and I got to ask you, what is with the Minnesota Vikings with these like feel good quarterback stories for a year, right? You remember Case Keenum? If you go oh, way back yeah. in time, you had yeah. Tavares Jackson. Like these dudes just come out of nowhere and play well for the Minnesota Vikings. I guess that's where you go to resurrect your uh, quarterback career, huh? I've always got down with the Minnesota Vikings literally since Tavares Jackson. I thought that was one of the best stories. And then a couple years ago, I've always been a huge Case Keenum guy since his days down in Houston. And, you know, I, I just love seeing what we're seeing out of Minnesota. And it's something you can hit your wagon to this year, too, Mike. I mean, I, last week I was all over Alexander Madison trying to get him everywhere because I thought he was going to be a workhorse. We'd see like a David Montgomery uh, 2020-esque season for him and, and be a p- potential league winner. Didn't come to fruition there. I'm taking that back, but still something I want to hitch my wagon to. I don't mind the Alexander Madison thing. I kind of got into him when uh, when Cam Akers went down as well. Yeah. Now we're not going to see him this week, uh, more than likely. And it looks such like a great gonna... matchup too. Such a great matchup. It looks like we're going to be firing up Ty Chandler <laughs> everywhere. Which unfortunately for Ty Chandler was a guy that I really liked last year, and then he didn't really do too much this year, and his role was really diminished. And you're going okay. Uh, I probably cut him about three four weeks ago. <laughs> Right when Cam Akers was coming on, it's like, okay, it's Madison, it's Cam Akers. I can't, I play so much best ball, Seth, I can't roster a zero at running back like yeah. Ty Chandler. I just got to move on and go somewhere else. And now I'm like, you know what? You know what would be really great if I had <laughs> Ty Chandler on my team this week? That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, that's not going to happen because uh, people jumped on him, picked him up, you know, those rebuilders. Now they'll probably sell him. The, hey, Mike, give me. Two thirds, and you can have Ty Chandler back for a dude I picked up for zero dollars on waivers. So lucky me. Yeah, I, I I did the same thing. I picked him up for two days, and I dropped him for Tommy DeVito. J- just just not even competitive this year. It's just like I don't want anyone else to have this guy. So I just picked him up, dropped Ty Chandler, and now I'm like, I'd be a great bargaining chip right now. It would be Ty Chandler, but you know, that's what we do here. Are you rostering any uh, Michael Carter anywhere? Because that guy just got cut. <laughs> no, but I am I am rostering a shit ton of Brees Hall, so I'm very happy with, with that. I even have some Dalvin Cook on a couple teams as well that I've kind of just been hanging on to. So this was a surprise, man. Michael Carter seemed like a locker room guy a year ago. I don't know. Something had to have gone sour uh, in that relationship there with the coaching staff because this is kind of a, a big red flag to me. But in general... Izzy, I think Izzy Bonaconda gets a little bit of a bump, but I think more than anything, Brees Hall is is going to be that guy down the stretch, and I think that's what they're signaling here. I did see a, a great tweet. I don't remember who had it, but it was just a little bit ago, and it was the whole tired versus wired yep. thing. And the, yep. the the tired is uh, Izzy Abanaconda. <laughs> Let's go. And the wired is Brees Hall on third downs. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, that's what we want. That's what we demand, Robert Sala. Give it to us. I'm ready. I'm us. I'm fucking ready, man. My, my teams, they they live and die by Brees Hall. It was a great six week stretch there, and then the last two, I've just been just been trotting along, not not doing too well without him. I need him. I need him to get back here, uh, producing big big time points for the guys. All right, I got to ask you then, because there's not too many people out there I can go one for one on trutherism, on love. You're one of them, Sam fucking 
Howell. Sam Howell, baby. What are you doing with Sam Howell? Like, are you, I mean, I, I don't even need to ask you if you're in on Sam Howell because there's not too many more people I can, t- I can list who have been in on Sam Howell, but you definitely are. What's your outlook for Sam Howell, especially for Dynasty? Like, is this an active guy you're going to go try to get now? Because the community hasn't caught up yet. They still value him as a turd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I put out a tweet yesterday. I got absolutely buried that there's only like five or six other quarterbacks I'd rather have redraft rest of the season than Sam Howell. Dynasty is a different ball game, though. I think why I like him so much this season is just the volume. I think Sam Howell's a, a solid quarterback. I think he's proving that right now that he is a top 20 quarterback in this league. The guy is cool under pressure. His his composure is great. I, I love what he's doing in this Washington system under Eric Bieniemy. But but what happens a year from now? Is it Bieniemy who's calling the shots in Washington? They need fucking Ron Rivera out of there. That guy is just Please. so... Yeah, Please. so... He's terrible. He's like, I, I really think he's trying to lose games on purpose, just like with, with some of the, the timeouts he's calling on Sunday and, and just not watching it and being attentive with this team. But long-term Sam Howell, I'm not buying him either. I, I, I'm not. He just went for a first-round pick in a super flex league the other day. I think he could be the Washington starter for the next three or four years. I, I, I think that is in the cards. But I think he's always going to have a ceiling here. Um long-term i guess and maybe i'm down a little bit more long-term for a guy who who loves him in redraft but just a completely different game to me understandable and i think that's going to be the uh the holdback for a lot of people um like that draft capital is going to linger for a while yeah uh for those of you out there just think back to uh dak prescott right and we talked about this on our uh, canton bound show that'll be coming out on thursday so you guys would have already had an opportunity to hear this but dak prescott and that fourth round draft capital lingered around for a while uh, yeah. Derek Carr, yep. Yep. Russell Wilson, yep. like these quarterbacks who don't go in the first round, that stuff lingers for a while. Now, now maybe not so much so Derek Carr because he was a high second round pick, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you get into the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, like Sam Howell, people hate you for a while. Unfortunately for a lot of people though, they jumped right all over that Brock Purdy thing, you know, Mr. Irrelevant pick, and uh, all of a sudden draft capital didn't matter. Weird one, but hey, yeah, Sam Howell though, uh. Seth, I might have to kick you off the train, man. I'm all in on Sam Howell, even in Dynasty long term. What are you willing to give up for him right now? I think a first and a second for me in Superflex. And and that's wow. the peak. Like, I would imagine if you go out to your leagues and you offer a first and a second for Sam Howell, that probably gets done 80% of the time. Right? I Unless think almost that, a first and something small back would even do it as well. You're talking about it from a redraft standpoint, too, but you're dead on, right? If you want to take a guess on the generic league settings on South Harmon Warp, like where he's at in warp per game for the quarterback position. Top five? <laughs> Pretty damn close. Uh, that list you had was very accurate, right? Jalen Hurts, number one. Josh Allen, number two. Dak Prescott, who's come on like a bat out of yeah. these last few weeks. Justin yeah. Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, and then Sam Howell. <laughs> wow. He's above Tua. Tua. He's not losing you games. He's just so consistent, man. Every if you can get forty plus attempts from any quarterback, I'll honestly take it more times than not. And Sam Howell's a pretty damn good quarterback, and he has weapons around him, man. I I with it. I wish it would be a little more stable and a little bit more, you know, just to a couple of the pieces we need rather than hitting ten targets to to ten different targets a game. But you know, I I like what we're seeing though overall. I just don't think I can push all my chips in like you are right now. I have no idea still to this day why Sam Howell didn't go higher in the NFL draft, how he slipped to the fifth round. Yeah. Uh, At one point, 
us in the know, people in the Devi space, the Dynasty space, this guy was talked about as the number one overall yep. pick. Like wasn't that, that long ago. Yeah. yeah. Even leading right up to the draft, man, Sam Howe, like the day of the draft, I remember streaming that. We're talking about how many quarterbacks are going in the first round, and I'm like, five, five. Like that's where the yep. draft Knicks yep. were. That's where uh, draft Twitter was at. It was going to be a lot of quarterbacks in round one, and uh, all we got was Kenny Pickett. <laughs> all we got but sam howe had talent uh no doubt about it so the draft capital really just kind of confused the hell out of me and scared me off for a while of Mm -hmm. my sam howe love like okay i'm gonna shut up you know i'm talking about how great this guy was and here he is going in the fifth round my bad people (laughs) my bad my fault but we're back baby we're back seth i'm not taking shit no more sam howe go out and acquire him he is playing lights out eric b enemy you you mentioned if ron rivera moves on I would imagine whatever coach comes in, either it's going to be Eric Bieniemy's team or if they do bring in like a Bill Belichick that's kind of been rumored or one of these other vet coaches that they uh, seem to really like. I'm, I'm imagining Eric Bieniemy still in charge of the offense, and he has been a godsend for Sam Howell. Now, if you think about it, the way Sam Howell's playing, doesn't it kind of remind you of the first year of uh, Patrick Mahomes? It does. With it Eric does. Bieniemy? 100 percent yeah just saying people don't don't shoot the messenger <laughs> there's a little bit of correlation here well he's and running it, the same offense too let's be fair logan thomas is getting targets out there like he's kelsey every week <laughs> it's it's old real old yeah. real old and crusty travis kelsey you love it and they're using uh they're using curtis samuel in a lot of ways that they used to use tyreek hill kind of yeah. back in the day Albeit the production is not the same, but you can still see some of those uh, some of those plays and moments. And Terry McLaurin is getting hella usage now. Jahan Dotson, unfortunately, uh, apparently he's Miko Hardman, right? Like he has two massive games and then just turd burgers left and right. <laughs> yeah, probably the most frustrating player this season for for sure. No one can get this guy right, and I'll admit it, man. Pie on my face. I I went all in eighth, ninth round in redrafts. I have him everywhere, and he, he's done nothing but hurt my teams. You don't mind him if you got a best ball team outside of the zeros, and then the explosive weeks have been <laughs> yeah. nice. At least you get yeah. to capitalize on those. If you had up in lineup, I guarantee you nobody was starting on those weeks. Hell like, no. You, what, what, you had to be a savant, right? Or just had no other options, right? We, we've the had sec- some bye the, the second week I saw him in, in a decent amount of lineups, I had to throw him in. I, I think it was week eight was his breakout week. I had to throw him in that week just because I was desperate. It was in Scott Fishbowl, you know, pretty deep league and but yeah he has been absolutely atrocious and like to drop a fucking donut in that game against seattle brilliant matchup the game script got bonanzas it was such a fun game to watch down the stretch and every every time you'd see someone shifty making a movie say oh my god there's goes Jahan dawson no it's diami brown what Uh, what the fuck's happening yeah or you watch those games and you're like Fuck Brian Pringle still in the <laughs> yeah. Pringle Brian, Brian, who gives a shit Pringle Pringle can is still in the league. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> Look Antonio at that Gibson guy is looking like Jameer Gibbs half the time. Like yeah, Let's it, go. it's crazy. It, Washington's a fun watch. Like like I know they they don't they're not a good football team by any means, but but they are a fun ass watch. Like probably if you just want to relax and have a good time, throw on a Washington Commanders game. Because you're going to see Sam Howell chuck it all over the fucking yard right now. So I got to ask you then. We'll, we'll put your feet to the fire. Dynasty question then. Yeah. Uh, we know your love for redraft. There's not a lot of quarterbacks. And I'm with you. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in redraft for the rest of the year. You want more than Sam Howell. Period. Uh, mm-hmm. The list is very, very small. But dynasty-wise, you have the opportunity to flip a Brock Purdy into a Sam Howell. Are you taking it? 
Yeah, how? How? Tell me how. There you go, man. Keep Trade Cut loves Brock Purdy, man. The people that Keep Trade Cut do, and uh, I just use that as my general consensus because it's the best we have for uh, consensus community dynasty okay. ranks Okay. Uh, to get a sense of value. Brock Purdy way above Sam Howell. Yeah, yeah. Way pretty above. much Pretty much every trade chart, every trade evaluator I've seen out there as well has Purdy well above him. I'll take I'll take Sam Howell in the piece. I think right now, it, whatever that means. I, I have a couple Jordan Love stocks out there. I'm also trying to trade into Sam Howell. That I I don't know what the perception is right now of Jordan Love. It's changed a lot in the last month. Yeah. If you could have made that trade, a, you know, early October, you were sitting real pretty. But I, I think those are the types of trades I'm willing to make. And I don't know about you too, but I'm willing to take Sam Howell in a piece and get out of Bryce Young if I have any Bryce Young. I don't. But he he's someone I'm honestly worried about long term as well. I th- I think I'm with you. I I do preach patience for rookie quarterbacks because not everybody's going to mm-hmm. come in and be CJ Stroud yeah. or Justin Herbert before sure. them. Uh, a lot of these guys struggle. We watched Trevor Lawrence mightily struggle his rookie year, um, and then have a really good second year. And now he's back to being shit. So we'll get to him oh. in a second. But oh. Preach preach a little bit of patience with rookie quarterbacks. I think probably the most concerning thing for me with Bryce Young before like I'll really start being like hey people don't panic is i gotta see what they do in the offseason for this wide receiver position because you know it's not coming through the draft unfortunately they traded away their first round pick which yep. is going to be really high oh. so oh they no, could have got marvin harrison jr no pairing of bryce young with marv which yeah. would have been amazing for us instead uh not not that it's bad but we're probably gonna end up with marv with kyler which i'm okay with i'm okay with people <laughs> i'm completely fine with that one as well but I got to see what they do, like how they sure this up. Maybe they get a T. Higgins in free agency if the Bengals can't uh, can't afford to mm-hmm. franchise tag him. We'll kind of see how that works out. But a little bit of patience with Bryce Young. The only uh, the only thing that I'll take a victory lap about Bryce Young is is Adam and I always talk about this all the time. Is if you're building a dynasty contender, don't rely on rookies as like those pieces, right? There's a lot of people who just plug Bryce Young into their super flex yeah. spot and we're like, well, we're good. This is a contending team. And now you're seeing, uh, shit, <laughs> shit. I hope I have a Josh Dobbs, or I hope I yeah. can get a Sam Howell laying around. <laughs> like, please, bail rookie, me out. Rookie should be the pleasant surprise on your team. Yes, you should always go in, you know, kind of as them being the Plan B if things don't go right with the Plan A. And I think that's a smart way to look at it because I think too many times we we get really obsessed with these picks and collecting them, and then we dish them out. We get the players and we want to plug them in right right from the jump and. As we've seen, man, like rookies are going to pop more times than not. I feel like in today's NFL, if you have pretty good draft capital, but it's going to take some time. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there with Quentin Johnston that are just like clamoring for like, when it, when right. is the time, you know, and will there be a time? I think that's a, a discussion for another time. All right. So Trevor Lawrence playing like ass. Oh. It's been brutal. Been horrible. I think we have most scoring formats. He was right around two or three points this last week, which yeah. is just abysmal. <laughs> abysmal that whole offense was horrible everybody except for christian kirk you get a pass because you just do christian kirk things thank you everybody else sucked (laughs) calvin calvin sucked evan ingram sucked et had sucked trevor surely sucked the defense couldn't stop a wet fart (laughs) no unfortunately so trevor lawrence so let me ask you is the panic meter high like if you have some trevor lawrence right now are you going i gotta get off this dude are you going too late. Like I, I missed my window to sell when Trevor was at a good, uh, a good value, and now uh, I don't want to take that discount. Right? I, I don't want to sell him on eBay for first come first serve. Right? 
Yeah, for sure. I, I'm not. I'm not selling Trevor Lawrence like he's a bag of midweed. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is still a guy. He is still dank as hell when it comes down to it. And I'll tell you what, man. The quicker the Jacksonville Jaguars get rid of Press Taylor calling this offense, the better. Okay. I think that is the issue half the time here. They finally started figuring out around week three or four, like, hey, let's not run Trevor Etienne up the gut every time. Let's get him involved with some pitches and some counters and, and, and some isos. We, we, we saw some good stuff for, from Etienne down the stretch. We finally saw Christian Kirk getting involved after uh, an abysmal week one. Like, There is a lot of good with this Jacksonville offense, but I think until Doug Peterson is willing to admit that I think he's wrong with, with Press Taylor kind of bringing him in here, calling the shots in this offense – it's going to be mediocre for Trevor Lawrence and something has to change. I think he just maybe needs to see someone, a throwing coach in the off season and, and figure out what's going on in the red zone. It's a lot of overthrows. It's a lot of out of bounds throws. Um, he's missing. A, I mean, when you take all, all the touchdowns, Mike, that have gone to the right of the end zone, to the back of the end zone, mm-hmm. that someone's had a toe on the line. I mean, it's probably five or six more touchdowns. He has nine on the season. It's just been abysmal. And I, but I think there's small things we can correct and make better. And I think they just met a really good uh, San Francisco team coming off about 14 days rest, and we're just a little rusty and got whacked. I'm not uh, I'm not super panicked on him, right? But I do have him on contenders at least for the rest of this year. I'm exploring to see what I can do. Um, if the down tier still exists for me to get into a Dak Prescott in something awesome, if I could do a one you for would. one. Yeah, like I'm good. I will, I will ride this Dak Prescott hot hand, and you know how much I hate the Cowboys. I cannot stand Dallas, but fantasy, all bets are off, right? I just, I want championships. I, want I don't, championships. I don't believe the Dak Prescott thing right now. I, really? Maybe I'm stuck in my own take lock because I was one of those guys around week four and five in my redrafts dropping him because I couldn't stand to see what we were uh, watching, but. I, I just think it's a little bit of fool's gold, man. I think they're going to run into some tougher opponents down the stretch here. We're going to see Dak Prescott turn back into himself. I, I, I just I can't buy it. And I, I think now is a good time to buy Tony Pollard on the other side of it. I think I'm like the one person practicing a little patience there, actually going out and trying to make some offers for Pollard. It is a great stretch for running backs over the next four weeks, all plus matchups. So I like Pollard moving forward despite him being a huge loser in Week 10. Man, I'm just gonna ride the heater of Dak, man. I'm gonna buy high, I guess. Okay. If anybody will let you me. Could, yeah, you could be right, man. And and he could he could be the type of quarterback in a super flex league. You kind of invest in, you load up at that second quarterback position, and you ride into the sunset into a championship. He very well could be. I just don't know. Mike McCarthy is a tough guy to figure out. I thought he was dead accurate in the offseason. He's like, We're not gonna run up the score, we're gonna slow things down, play complimentary football. And they've tried a little bit, but now it's just, hey, kind of almost back to the Kellen Moore situation, but um, really featuring CeeDee Lamb, which is I what think what I think makes Dak and this offense so good right now. It is. You you saw that uh, that switch kind of get flipped when they got their ass handed to them by yep. San Francisco, when they got blown out. And uh, Mike was out there just trying to run Tony Pollard up the middle every single play, yep. which is stupid on his part. But I'm kind of glad they went back to it and they said, listen, who's our best playmaker? CeeDee Lamb. Well, let's get him the fucking football. <laughs> Who's our second best playmaker? Well, Jake Ferguson has been a godsend for them at the tight end. Yeah. Like Dalton Schultz, who? Like, he, no offense, Dalton Schultz, you're having a great year in Houston, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't miss a beat, right? They just replaced him with another one-for-one, one and, and they're, they're taking off. And then this past week, we even saw Brandon Cooks go off, which we have no idea why he's been disappearing this entire season. But congratulations for him being back. So, 
I think they finally figured something out in Dallas. Now, schedule and, and how hard it gets, we'll see if Mike McCarthy uh, goes back into his turtle shell. But until I'm told that Mike McCarthy has gone back into his turtle shell, I'm uh, I'm going to ride this Dak thing because every single week he's coming out and he's the top two, top three quarterback. And as long as he keeps throwing the ball to Mr. CeeDee Lamb, by all means, <laughs> Dak Prescott, I will move Trevor Lawrence in a, uh, a short-sighted move, I guess, for just this season to try to get some actual production because I can't keep starting a guy who's going to score two or three points in my super flex spot when I have the possibility of getting a guy who's going to go for a 20 burger every single week. Yeah. If you're in that situation you and you have to start Trevor Lawrence, like I, I do get the move in that situation, Mike, because it has just been brutal and down the stretch. It, it is a really tough schedule for Lawrence too. It is, it is very, very tough. Like he, he's, he has Baltimore and Cleveland right around the corner after two divisional games. So you 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 gotta be you gotta be getting out in, in redraft and you gotta be at least having another option if you are playing a super flex dynasty league as well. So a guy who returned last week and I was very happy to see back on the field, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Actually had a very good game. And if you just sort by warp per game and generically, he's already a top ten quarterback in warp per game. Now, this bodes the question for you, Seth. Do you think what he did last week is something that's sustainable for the rest of the year, or was this what the peak is and we're going to have inevitable regression back to a little bit rusty Kyler Murray? I, I think this is kind of what exactly what you're going to expect. 17 PPR points for the, for week number 10. That's right about what I, what I expected for Kyler Murray. I like that he carried the ball six times for 33 yards. I thought that was encouraging. I thought we'd see that rushing production drop a little bit. And he had a couple almost touchdowns. Marquise Brown ha- had a case of the drops he's on Sundays. Uh, so that would have helped him a little bit as well. So I think it's kind of like right in that range. Low-end quarterback one. He has some high-end upside. Um, but, but the schedule isn't very kind to him either. He's got Houston, the Rams, those are fine. And then Pittsburgh, I don't love that matchup. I'm going to have some pressure coming off the edges there. Then he does get in that week 14 by San Francisco coming out of it. I don't love there. Uh, and then Chicago and Philly. So I think it's going to be about that, you know, 15 to 17 points per game, I think is what he's projected for rest of season for me. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I see Murray rest of season. Do, do you like him a little bit more? I do. I do like Kyler. I'm not saying it's going to get any better. I'm, I'm a little bit worried there'll be a little bit of regression or we're mm-hmm. going to have a couple bad games. But it really has piqued my interest. Specifically, I have so many contenders, Seth, that have fucking Trevor Lawrence on yeah. it, who's absolutely killing me. Yeah. So let me ask you, in Dynasty, if you're in that situation with a contender, would you move Trevor Lawrence for a Kyler Murray? I don't know where Kyler Murray's going to play next year. And I know that sounds ludicrous, but I, I, I've been on this train for over a year now that I thought Caleb Williams would be the Arizona quarterback. Then when they traded for the Houston pick, I thought it would be even more likely. Well, we've seen Houston pick it up a little bit more. So now that kind of changes things. Do they go quarterback heavy early on, or do they take someone like Marvin Harrison Jr.? If that If that's in the cards like you predicted, I think I'm a lot more into Kyler Murray. I just, I just don't know what's happening with him long-term, honestly. Um, I, I guess we're probably projecting – who are we projecting to have the number one pick? The Bears probably via Carolina. So, so they'll probably yeah. end up with Caleb is what you're thinking. So right now the top three picks in the NFL, and this is with tiebreakers, is mm-hmm. the Carolina pick, which would go to Chicago. The New York Giants, which it's really hard to uh, to predict they're going to win another fucking game the rest of yeah. this year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito does not look good playing quarterback. Right? No, he should stick no. to uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that was his peak, right? Or maybe yeah. the movie Twins. With Go hang out with your mom on the couch, buddy. <laughs> right. We don't need you. 
Uh, the New England Patriots also own the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. And, wow, uh, okay. We may be staring down the barrel of a ba- Bailey Zappi led Patriots offense. They they can't get this shit figured out. So, and then it would be Arizona. So right now Arizona's in the four spot, and uh, if Kyler's going to play like this, they got a win last week. Could yeah, they get another one. Could I think they, get they another could. Two? I think I, I think I think at least another wins in the cards for him. Um, Rams in week twelve. I think that's maybe one you circle. Chicago week number sixteen. They're obviously going to be trying to probably get the number one pick there are this is probably going to be and i don't want to overstate it but the most interesting draft we've seen in a long time because we have teams up there that have what some believe as franchise quarterbacks so what happens when we get one of the deepest qb classes in recent history it's going to be fun as hell and i think kyler murray is going to be a cog in it all it's going to be interesting to say um I don't really, for me, Seth, I don't really think they're going to be in the mix for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, right? The two mm-hmm. prize possessions. And this quarterback class has some depth, right? There's probably, I want to say, three, four guys that you could project as QB3 of this class. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. realistically we might end up with like four first-round quarterbacks. It yeah. just kind of feels right as the number. Do you take that massive cap hit? for moving on from Kyler Murray for the QB three or the QB four in this class. And to me, logic would say, now nah, we're good. We're going to, we already paid Kyler the contract. we got to eat it. Like, would you absolutely do it for a Caleb Williams or a Drake? Man, hell yeah. Like yeah. I can understand it. It's a tough pill to swallow to eat all that money, but Hey, we got to do it right. Like this is game changing for us. To do it for the QB three or four in this class, I would say personally, no, I don't think they would do it. And I think they would rather just build around Kyler and see if they could get this offense to a point where maybe they don't get a Marvin Harrison Jr. But this Mm -hmm. wide receiver class is absolutely fucking stacked. We might have six, maybe seven guys potentially in the first round at the wide receiver position in 2024. These guys are good and they ball out of their minds. Malik Neighbors, Troy Franklin's awesome. Uh, Roma Dunze, who's like, uh, you know, the the Walmart brand Marvin Harrison, yes. which is not a bad thing. <laughs> not a bad thing, right? If you're going to be a knockoff of somebody, might as well be Marv, Marvelous Marv. I, I would say, too, with those two picks, right, you can see a scenario where they miss out on Marv. They get one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. They build For the lineup. Oshner is going to be going to be generational with, with what we've seen last f- couple years at Penn State. Right, and then with that later Houston pick, which is going to be, you know, probably in the teens. You know, I don't think it's going to be a, a 20s pick, but if it's later in mm-hmm. the teens, you get the wide receiver three, wide receiver four of this class and pair them with Hollywood. We really like what we saw out of Trey McBride with Kyler this first week back. Hell yeah. All of a sudden, you're looking at an offense that ain't so bad, and we know the running back position you can just fill that shit with. Just find a dude. <laughs> just yeah, just yeah, find somebody yeah. out there who's in free agency. <laughs> Hell, James Connor will come back and play. He right. lo- he He loves the heat down there. Oh, it's good for him, man. You remember <laughs> yeah. when like Shaq went to Phoenix back in the day too? <laughs> yeah. Like it just cures all, right? You it go does. to Phoenix, all of a sudden you feel younger. That's why people retire down there. Yes, that's sir. Why, that's why grandparents go down to Phoenix, <laughs> Florida. You need that heat. Palm Springs, baby. But I think Kyler's actually, I don't know, is this, this faux pas to say? I think he's actually pretty safe for me in Arizona. Like it's just feeling like this is trending in the direction where Kyler's going to be their guy, especially for 2024. So if that's the case... If, you, if you're going to tell me that he's getting 16, 17, 18 fantasy points, give or take, he's going to have a 20-pointer here and there for the rest of the year, and I can get off of Trevor Lawrence, boost my title shots, and the relative floor is actually pretty safe for a guy who's young, 
has yeah. talent and has been a top five, top three quarterback in the past. I think I'm doing it, Seth. I think I'm moving Trevor for Kyler. Uh, Give me Kyler, baby. You're bringing me back in, and I, I'll be honest. I've been out on Kyler Murray for a couple seasons now. I, I've always thought the uh, value is a little bit inflated, and so so I've always kind of been looking to move off of Kyler Murray. I've done it in multiple leagues last few seasons, but you're slowly bringing me back because you are making a great point if you are in a situation where you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence or you invested in a couple of these rookie quarterbacks that haven't panned out. The Anthony Richardson's out for the season or, you know, Bryce Young, just not quite there yet. So I think there was a lot of appeal to go after him. And I think if he is the guy in Arizona and they do get Marvin Harrison, that that value just shoots right through the roof. And I think you just bought it a discount at this at this point. That people are still a little down on Kyler, right? Yeah. Adam and I had this discussion the other day about uh, Kyler and Anthony Richardson, and he brought up the good point that A. Rich is, you know, he's kind of at his bottom dollar right now yeah. for value for Dynasty because he's not doing anything. He can't, you can't go up when you're not playing games. Right? Mm-hmm. No, nobody really likes you. But come off season, that's a dude you're going to see just climb right back yep. up. AR is yep. back on the field. AR is throwing. AR is looking good, right? All those reports come in. The only thing I worry about Anthony Richardson is we've been down this road before with these uber-athletic, high-draft-pick oh. quarterbacks, and it ends horribly at times, right? And you're left holding the bag of shit. So for <laughs> you, Anthony Richardson, while he's kind of at this uh, generic two-first range, still a uh, top 10, top 11 quarterback for consensus ranks in Dynasty, are you concerned at all, or are you just diamond-handing the shit out of him like he's some GameStop? Well, I wasn't until you put it so uh, so negatively there. But I'll be honest, I have a shit ton of Anthony Richardson pretty much in every Dynasty League I'm in right now. And I, I had him pretty much every redraft. He was one of my all-in selections this year. And so I'm definitely biased. I'll, I'll lead with that, Mike. But uh, I love what we saw from him you know, in year one, man. It was a great, great season for him. He showed a lot more poise in the pocket than I think anyone thought he, he would have. Um, coming from a Florida system that did not do uh, really uh, enough to maximize his talent. But I love Shane Steichen. I love where this Colts team is heading. I think they're only going to get better. I think they found out Alec Pierce is not an NFL wide receiver. They're going to sure up that. I think they're going to get some real tight ends here. Uh, you know, love me some Ogletree, love me some uh, some Mo Alley Cox. But I think they're going to continue to upgrade this team with Anthony Richardson over the next year. And while there's risk to it, just like you said, I think there's just as much risk to a guy like Lamar Jackson, a guy like Josh Allen, who, who's putting th- th- themselves and, and their bodies uh, in the way as well. And he's young, and I think he can learn from these mistakes that he had here in year one about not getting down. And um, I, I hopefully he's talking to guys like Aaron Rodgers and s- some other people who, hey, they preach, get the fuck down, man. Like, like you got to preserve your career here. So. I'm going to bank on Richardson getting smarter, get, getting wiser, and uh, using some of that intellectual uh, to make himself a more rounded player and not put himself at risk here in 2024. Man, Adam's going to love to hear that, man. <laughs> uh, you guys could start a fan club in the Anthony Richardson fan club. <laughs> it's a fun one. It was such a fun ride. Let me tell you, Mike, those those four weeks, I was loving life. I, You know, you had some down moments when he left in early in some games, but 
so a, a fun damn ride and i'll be back in front of the line uh for next season as well i think the only player he uh he fanboys harder for is puka nakua like okay that, that is okay Fair he is all in on puka i'm surprised we don't have a puka jersey but adam's also kind of bad luck when he brings out a, a current player's jersey oh, same. it goes in the shitter right he same. killed cam Akers. uh he's killed nick oh. chubb <laughs> like, unfortunately that's i killed uh, plexico burris when, when he oh, no. literally literally that night i had bought his jersey um so, and and then yeah we got we got that news so I, i'm with you there a b nate washington do staley name a guy i've I, I i've i've burned him you nuked him oh no oh no <laughs> so seth let me get you out of here on this one right you do a ton of redraft and for me redraft is okay i'm yeah. a dynasty boy through and through but i do love talking to redraft guys because one part about dynasty is I do like to win fucking championships, and I like to win money. Mm-hmm. And that dynasty mindset, you can exploit it. So think about dynasty values, just kind of uh, baseline. Who are some shitters in dynasty value for redraft people should be looking at for the contending teams? Like, is there anybody out there that stands out where you go, like, listen, I know this dude don't have shit in dynasty value, but if I was in a redraft league, I'd love to have this dude on my team as an option to start. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett's someone I'm circling on my list. Great matchups down the stretch for Tyler Lockett. Um, Can be acquired a little bit more now than what he was a week ago. Just had a pretty nice week, number 10. Um, But the schedule's getting nice. The the Seahawks are finally starting to put it together on offense a little bit as well. So he's someone I have circled. Um, Another guy. Baker Mayfield, hold on to him. I hope hopefully you guys went out. If if you need a low end quarterback, one if you missed out on on Josh Dobbs or Sam Howe, one of these uh, guys we picked up off the waivers. Baker Mayfield's been excellent, man. Like just really consistent with what he's giving you. He's going to turn the ball over some, but he's not going to lose this job. He he's just going to continue plug away and uh, have some big totals on the week. So those are probably two of my favorite. Um, I'm trying to think of. Gus Edwards, I, I think Gus Edwards, the Keaton Mitchell hype is, is at its peak right now. And I think Gus Edwards continue to lock this job down. So send, send some feelers, uh, I think, out for Gus Edwards right now if you're looking for a guy who could win you a chip. Oh, I love these. The Baker one brings up a good point, though, right? Maybe the play Seth in Dynasty is you got Trevor Lawrence. You're a contender. You're shit in the bed because he ain't doing fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. Go see if you can just add Baker Mayfield on. Not down tier Trevor Lawrence to Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. but go outright acquire yep. Baker Mayfield. And Tyler Lockett, uh, I love what you said about the schedule. That's Koopa's guy. He was on on Friday with Adam talking about warp outlook for uh, for the playoffs, and he mentioned the the schedule and uh, the pass catching weapons. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's dirt cheap, right? Don't go out and try to acquire DK Metcalf. People still love him. He's still an Adonis, but Tyler Lockett, he always gets shit on every single year. No one cares. <laughs> Every single year. Yeah, I I am encouraged with what we've been seeing from Locke the last couple of weeks. Hopefully DK can get there. I still believe in DK too. I want to, man, but uh, it, it's getting tougher and tougher. Oh, I love it, Seth. This has been awesome to chop it up with you. I could do it for another two hours, but you got time. We got to get you out of here. Plug away everything you got. Yeah, I've been preaching to the people. I talk to it all the time about go check out in between media go check you guys out on youtube i said it when you were on the spotlight series which was so good go check that shit out if you haven't the conversation i had with seth about his journey through the fantasy space is awesome one of the best 
people in this entire space. I enjoy listening to you guys all the time. Everything you guys do over there is amazing. The production quality, I love it. I love it. I'm a big, big fan. So go check it out. But uh, Seth, plug away, buddy. Where can the people find you? Yeah. When can they find you? I, I always forget to ask that question, too, because, like, oh, just come find me here. But, shit, when's the live stream schedule? we got to know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Well, first of all, Mike, I appreciate you having me on, man. What you guys have done at South Harmon is nothing short of spectacular. I, I love your community. I love every one you guys have on your shows every week. And just the different the different style of content I think you guys bring. It's not just your, your basic run-of-the-mill content. So I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate the platform here tonight. If you want more of me, you can find me over at inbetweenmedia.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube at IBT underscore media. We are a refreshing and feel-good take on fantasy sports and sports betting advice. We want to help you guys win championships. We want to help you guys win money on a weekly basis. However, we also want to make sure you guys are having fun as hell doing it and uh, just living life to the fullest in the meantime. So uh, we have a lot of good content over there. We focus mainly on PGA, NFL, and uh, NASCAR content as far as sports. We also have some entertainment and lifestyle stuff you can find us uh, doing as well. And uh, we have the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. That is our uh, flagship program over there. We are live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, then we're back again on Friday for Feel Good Friday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, we like to have fun, man. We like to chop it up. You know, we, we mix a lot of lifestyle in. Like, if you guys want hard-hitting fantasy football analysis, um, don't come to us. But if you want to have good fantasy football analysis that also is going to have a, a flair of lifestyle and some fun with it, that, that's what we're here for, man. It is uh, more refined more cultured South Harmon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> not, I don't know about that. Not as nuts. <laughs> not as nuts. All right. Well, you guys are fantastic. And if you're listening to us, you're subscribed to us. There is no fucking reason you shouldn't be over it in between. No media. fucking reason. There is no reason that they shouldn't be over a thousand subscribers. The hour after this podcast goes out, like go do it, go hit the sub. I want to see them over a thousand. And if you don't, I will find you. <laughs> you're I'm, a bad I, person. If you don't, I will Liam Neeson the shit out of you. But, <laughs> Seth, thank you so much for filling in for Adam. It has been incredible to chop it up with you. I'm glad we could get you on a uh, – you You had both of us on one of your shows at one point. Uh, I've had you on the Spotlight Series. But every time we get to uh, get together and uh, get to do something, it's so incredible. So definitely when the uh, when the offseason rolls around, boy, we got to do this more. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> we got to yeah, do this sure, more. Man. When everything's not so fucking – crazy oh. in that clusterfuck <laughs> we'll, we'll catch our breath we'll have a drink and then we'll get after it that's what i, I say. love it i love it buddy that's gonna do it here for the 40 chess dynasty i'm stumbling over my shit <laughs> we gotta get out of here that's it i'll see you back here same time same place next week see ya